Thanks for listening to the AI and IT Ops podcast brought to you by New Relic. This is Episode 7, The Express Version. For all things application performance management, AI ops, digital transformation, and more, check out www.apmdigest.com. Our guest today is Will Capelli, field CTO for Moogsoft and a former Gartner Research VP. And now, your host of the podcast, industry veteran, consultant, and analyst, Andy Thurai. Welcome to the AI and IT Ops podcast. I am Andy Thorai, founder and principal at thefieldcto.com, home of unbiased emerging technology advisory services. Our guest for this episode is uh, Will Capelli, an ex-Gartner VP, uh, now a field CTO at Moogsoft. From one field CTO to another, welcome to the show and to the hot seat, Will. Thank you very much, Andy. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So, so Will, uh, while you were at Gartner, a few years ago, you, you, you made a comment. 85% of all issues can be tracked back to changes. You remember that? Oh, absolutely. What do you mean by it? What I mean is that if you look empirically at the various incidents that take place, whether those incidents manifest themselves ultimately as outages or simply as events that need to be dealt with before they manifest themselves with outages. In the vast majority of cases, uh, and, and I would say the number is probably around still 85%, that those incidents can be traced back to changes that have been made somewhere in the stack and in some way or another. It may be through the intervention of a developer. It may be through the downloading of some new component from some web-based service, it, it may be changes made in the network. So there's no kind of specific location. But the bottom line is that very rarely in modern IT systems do things just break down, right? It is usually the consequence of some kind of intervention that has been made by a human being, although increasingly perhaps by robots as well, that intervention being made without a full acknowledgement of what the consequences of that intervention being with regard to the system as a whole. While that number remains, you know, as I would say, I'll still stand by that that 85% number. I would say that an increasingly large percentage of those incident-causing changes are not so much the result of interventions taking place within the stack, but as a result of conflicts that take place because different stacks under the governance of different, let's call them DevOps teams, make changes that are in some sense perfectly okay within the context of their own stack, right? But are kind of unaware of the even larger context of all of the other kind of various application projects or infrastructure projects that may be taking place in an enterprise and hence, as these things enter into the production environment, so to speak, together, they come into conflict with one another. And it's that conflict that generates the incident, which can ultimately uh, end in an outage. The IT ops and DevOps are totally different cultures. How do you expect the so-called observability and AI ops to coexist in those different cultures and different environments? 
I think that in general, the classical enterprise IT ops culture will simply not be able to persist in uh, modern environments. I mean, I think that in a sense, the enterprise IT ops and service management culture already is being forced to undergo you know, a forced evolution, so to speak. And I think that the COVID pandemic with the con consequent virtualization of the network operating center has, you know, only further kind of driven this change that's taking place. The issue is that even in those parts of the corporate infrastructure, precisely because the new applications that are coming on themselves are changing at such a rapid rate, and using components that themselves are increasingly femoral and the topologies that interconnect those components are increasingly dynamic, the changes that take place at that level are having a ripple effect across the entire, if you will, kind of corporate IT estate, right? There's no part of that estate that is safe from change. And as a consequence, in traditional IT ops and service management culture is having to undergo the shift from, yeah, a perspective that presupposed that most of what was going on today is the same that what was going on yesterday. And that is just not the case at all today. So I think that what we're going to see almost across the board with traditional IT ops cultures is effectively, they may not use the same terminology, is but is effectively a shift away from traditional availability and performance monitoring, traditional problem and incident management, change management, configuration management, all the stuff that came under the aegis of idle version two, three, and, and, and now four, and a shift towards an approach that once again, different terminology may emerge, but is basically what is being advocated now under the terminology of observability. And observability in this context is really in some sense nothing more than saying in the past, because so much was stable, right? Because most of what took place today was the same that took place yesterday. You were able to take data coming in from the environment and shove it into kind of pre-established narratives, pre-established models, and then figure out what was going on through a match between the new data that was coming in, which indicated that very little was changing, and all of the kind of pre-baked information that was packed into those models. Well, that doesn't work in an environment where components are coming in and out of existence in microseconds, and apologies are changing once again in microseconds. You have to go back to the data itself. You have to go back to the data in its rawest form which, as you know, in observability terms is kind of metrics, unstructured logs and traces, and maybe other some other very, very basic data. And do your analysis directly on these data streams coming in. You can't let the monitoring system impose its model on the data coming in. You can't let the event management system impose that event structure on the data coming in. Why? Because those structures aren't valid long enough to give you actual information. So you need to go to the basic underlying data itself. And that 
change of culture, that shift from, oh, we're going to rely on what is permanent to inform us about what is happening now, is, as I say, it's already being forced to shift to a culture where what you're getting is the data and you know the data is streaming in and you have to be ready to be completely driven by the data that's coming in to determine what is taking place in your environment. You can't rely on models. You can't rely on event structures. And that cultural change, as I say, whether the IT ops and service management people call it observability, call it DevOps, or not, or call it idle version five, whatever they may end up calling it, it's going to be essentially what the DevOps folks are trying to get at. Now, of course, the DevOps folks, right, truth of the matter is, as I'm sure you well know, they've been a lot more dev than they are ops, right? So theoretically, they ought to be taking on some of these more operations and service management oriented tasks albeit in a transform matter of the sort I've, I've just talked about. Truth is that DevOps guys rarely worry sufficiently about what takes place in production, right? They're concerned with getting those components through the production line and into production. But once it's in production, well, you know, they, they don't think about it as much as they ought to. So Although you could say the IT ops and service management world needs to adopt that DevOps culture and that thinking in terms of observability, there is another side to the coin, which says that the DevOps world really needs to step up to take on some of the kinds of responsibilities that the IT ops and service management world traditionally has had on its shoulders. The AI and ITFs podcast will be back shortly. I'm Pete Golden, the publisher of APM Digest, and I just want to take a break for a minute to talk to you about New Relic, the sponsor that brought you this podcast today. New Relic has done something a little out there. They reworked everything. See, they've been actually listening when people talk about blind spots or being stuck with a dozen different tools or getting hit with hidden costs. First, they went open source, making it so you can actually instrument what you need. Then they made it so you can monitor your whole stack in one place, including serverless. You can use telemetry data from any source for ridiculously cheap, and there's one UI with all your tools. And they completely changed their pricing so you can easily predict it. This is advantageous because who has time to troubleshoot their bill? Best of all, there's a free tier with one user and 100 gigabytes per month, totally free. So you can really make sure it works before you pay a dime. New Relic is definitely worth another look. Check it out at newrelic.com. Observability made simple. And now back to the podcast. Okay, so obviously the concept of uh, APM or the application performance monitoring has been popular for a while. Now everyone is talking about observability. Or they the same thing or did we just invent a new term to sell more stuff? Observability and monitoring do mean actually uh, significantly different things. I mean, the term observability, I find that it is used in three distinct ways. The third concept is really the one that is genuinely operative in you know, our current IT and digital business environment. And that third concept involves the notion that in modern systems, things are changing so rapidly all the time that any concept 
kind of attempt to impose a model, any time attempt to impose like an event structure on the data that the systems are generating that is self-descriptive is going to effectively kind of falsify what's taking place within those systems because the systems are changing all the time, right? So any kind of more or less permanent structure, which you kind of preload into your monitoring system or your event management system that into which you package the self-descriptive data that's being generated by these systems kind of necessarily ends up misleading the observer. So the critical thing is to focus on getting the kind of most basic data out of your underlying system and then performing some kind of analysis on that data that's being generated by the system directly on the data, not going by way of an event structure or an application topology or what have you, but just working with that raw data and allow all of your analysis, all of your inferences as to what is taking place within that system be driven by the data itself. Then comes the question, well, how do you actually execute that analysis? Because you got to execute that analysis at lightning speed as well. How is the observability monitoring, APM or application performance monitoring, NPMD, network performance monitoring and diagnostics, DEM, digital experience monitoring, and AI ops. How are they all going to coexist? Will they blend into each other, stand in separately? One of them will disappear? What, what do you think? If you look at kind of the present situation, right, uh, they actually all coexist quite nicely. I mean, in the sense that, I, I, yes, I'll say it. I, I mean, I drew the original Gartner diagram, right, that has digital experience monitoring, APM, infrastructure monitoring, NPMD, kind of situated around one another and AI ops in the middle. And I would say that for many enterprises, right, that's pretty much the effective architecture that they have running now on the monitoring side of things. All of that is generating your core data that you want to work with. And in order to tie it all together, right, and to kind of link the data within the digital experience monitoring systems with the data within the APM systems, with the data within the infrastructure monitoring systems, and the network performance monitoring and diagnostic systems, to link that all together so that you can actually see what's going on end to end and observe the incidents, anticipate the outages, do the proper diagnosis, deal with the incidents, hopefully before they actually manifest as outages, you need effectively that kind of brain that kind of sits in the middle and is able to synthesize and interpret all the stuff that's coming in from those four distinct environments. Those monitoring technologies, all of them, whether at the network layer, infrastructure layer, and uh, application layer, digital experience monitoring is a little bit different. But those three of those, they rely heavily on the fact that your underlying systems are relatively static. All of their architectures are fundamentally dependent upon kind of data streams coming in and being intercepted by and interpreted by a relatively static model that sits, if you will, between the data and the observer. That relatively static model doesn't really work very well in a DevOps-driven world. You need to kind of be able, in some sense, to just let the data go through and infer the structure 
not from some pre-existing knowledge about what's out there, but infer the structure directly from that data. And so the AI ops technology becomes in some sense even more significant because now it's not just piecing together what your application performance monitoring system and your network performance monitoring and diagnostic system are telling you and, and seeing the end-to-end -end whole. It's actually going straight to the data itself and surfacing the structures that are in some sense hidden in the data. And I think that what will happen over time, what you'll probably have is those kind of three areas, APM, APMD, and infrastructure monitoring will effectively merge and be replaced by you know, technology. And it may even be very commoditized. I mean, this is another whole issue we haven't touched on. You know, there will be, but some kind of engine that's ingesting logs, metrics, traces, as I say, probably a different stream coming from the realm of digital experience, that being fed to an AI ops platform that is more explicitly kind of a central coordination point, not just organizing all the data that's coming in, but linking the results of analyzing that data that's coming in to an array of systems, some human, some robotic, some cyborg, that are capable of responding to what the AI ops technology has unveiled. So that's how I see all of these different pieces interrelating now and how they're likely to play together in the future. I'll predict that in five years time, APM, as we know it, will have been completely mutated into an observability plus dynamics analytic capability and that what are today's application management team will end up absorbing much of the tasks that are currently associated with IT ops and service management, not necessarily merge with the DevOps world, but certainly be working much, much more closely with the DevOps world than the DevOps world has worked traditionally with the classical IT ops and service management world. So until now, AI ops has been primarily associated with the IT operations and the service management world, while observability has been primarily associated with the DevOps and the SRE world. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's definitely correct. I, I even go a step further in saying it's a cultural thing as well, you know, in the sense that the observability community and the, you know, the opinion makers in the observability community themselves look at AI ops as very much a creature of kind of the traditional IT ops and service management world. And likewise, kind of the pundits, opinion makers, practitioners of IT ops and service management kind of see observability as, as not having something to do with them. So there is a technological distance, but there is also a cultural distance between the two as well. How do you expect AI to evolve over the next five years? I think, first of all, the most important thing is AI will be trusted to do more and more. I mean, right now, you know, in general, and I think it's almost a dogma in the opinion making community that closing the automation loop, right, you know, taking the human being out of that automation loop is something that will never be allowed to happen. Uh, that there will always be some kind of human decision-making point between what the AI system tells you is taking place in the environment and 
recommends the actions that you ought to take and the actual taking of those actions. If you are dealing with systems that are changing at a microsecond scale, you're going to have no choice but to rely on those closed loops. Ultimately, that loop will close in many, many cases with the consequence that the management of AI systems, IT for IT, you know, that will be increasingly a closed loop with relatively remote uh, human oversight. So I think that's probably the most kind of fundamental change. With regard to you know, how the technology itself is likely to evolve in the future, probably the most critical thing is I would say that you know, still to this day, when you look at most kind of AI ops architectures, right? And once again, I think this is vendor agnostic, so to speak. The AI sits in the middle, seen as sort of a kind of centralized brain that is kind of taking input from all these different environments and dealing with all these inputs from a central point. I mean, it's very much kind of archaic type of architecture. And I think what you're likely to see happen to AI ops technology that your IT system will in fact be kind of a community of intelligent agents that will do a lot of local applications of AI to IT operations use cases. And we'll certainly coordinate with one another as well. And I think you'll see a lot more emphasis on what used to be called distributed smart agent systems or that kind of metaphor driving the design of a lot of AI systems. Thanks so much, Will. That's a great conversation. So you heard from Will. Do you agree, disagree? Or if you have an opinion, let me know. Let's uh, discuss this further. Also, if you'd like to be part of our podcast, let me know as well. Until next episode, so long and stay safe.